Well, this feels good. <laughs> I have. I have truly looked forward to being back in, uh, in my pulpit. I, I don't know of anything that I have missed as much as I have missed standing behind this pulpit and sharing God's word. Went to the doctor. I was sharing with the Sunday school department just this morning, and they were. I was telling them that I went to the doctor the other day, and he was telling me. He said, "I just want you to take it kind of slow." And he said, uh, "I know you're getting ready to go back in the pulpit." He said, uh, "When you get about 15 minutes, if you're tired, just quit." I looked at him. I said, "Have you ever known a Baptist preacher to quit after 15 minutes?" <laughs> He said, no, I haven't. I said, well, I'm not planning on starting. And so uh, I have really looked forward to this. I almost feel like a a kid on a Christmas morning. Uh, I feel so excited. I told Brenda when I got up this morning, I don't know when I've ever been as excited about going to church as I have today, being in God's house. Take your Bibles, would you please, and turn with me to Psalms 34. I want to continue what I started back in July of a series of Blessed is the Man. There is a, that statement is a series of statements throughout the Bible. I was amazed as I began studying this to discover of the uh, numbers of times that the Bible talks about Blessed is the man. And of course the word blessed means to be happy. And so if we're going to be happy in the Lord and to know the joys of the Lord, I think it would be well behoove us to go and to look at these scriptures and to discover what God is teaching us through these Statements. Blessed is the man. We talked about blessed is the man who fears the Lord. We talked about blessed is the man whose sins have been forgiven. Today, as we've been singing about, we're going to talk about blessed is the man who trusts the Lord. So Psalms 34. Verses 1 through 10. With your Bibles open, would you stand with me as we read these verses of scriptures? I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make it boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it. And be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. Think about that. As we assemble together here today as God's people. He says, let us magnify the Lord. Let us exalt his name. I sought the Lord and he heard me. And deliver me from all of my fears. They looked to him and were radiant. And their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out. And the Lord heard him. And saved him out of all of his troubles. 
The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear Him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. Oh, fear the Lord, you His saints. There is no want to those who fear Him. The young lion lacks and suffers hunger. But those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. That's a good place for an amen. 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 Father, thank you for your blessed word. Speak to our hearts. Give us a mind to understand, a heart to receive. Anoint us and fill us with your mighty presence. And Lord, as you speak to us, give us a heart that we will respond in a manner that would be pleasing to you. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you so much. Trust. That's a very important word. As I look around in our society today, it seems like there's not a lot of trust. When I began to think about that this is probably one of the most valuable attributes that one can possess is to be able to trust a husband and a wife. One of the great attributes of a happy, healthy home is when they trust one another and that they know that they can believe in that individual. Sort of reminds me of a couple that was getting ready to get married. And uh, the night before, they were all nervous and all filled with anxiety. And so the young boy was talking to his father and he said, Dad, he said, I am so nervous. He said, well, son, that's to be expected. He said, "Uh, uh, I don't know of any grooms that are not nervous before the day before they get married. He said, no, you don't understand that. He said that uh, my feet, they smell terrible. And I know that the first time that I I sleep with my wife, that uh, she's going to smell those feet. He said, well, son, don't worry about it. Just wear your socks. And and to know that if you wear your socks, that uh, she she won't pay any attention. Well, little behold, did he realize she was talking to her mother at the same time. And she says, Mom, I'm so nervous. My first night to be with my husband. And she said, I know that when I get up in the morning, I have terrible bad breath. And she said, uh, uh, I'm just afraid that this will be a great turnoff. He said, listen, honey, here's what you need to do. Get up early in the morning. And before he gets up, rush to the uh, bathroom, brush your teeth, wash your mouth out with rinse and a mouthwasher, and uh, everything will be all right. So they did that. And so for several days, everything seemed to be fine. Until one morning, the young man realized that he had pulled his socks off during the middle of the night. 
So there he is under the cover trying to find his socks. She raises the cover and says, what in the world are you doing? He said, oh my goodness, you ate my socks. (laughs) So trust is very important in our relationships with one another. But there's no greater trust that you can have than to trust in the Lord. I love that story that you shared with us today, Andrew. Of how that song came about. To trust in the Lord. Here as you began to study this passage of scripture. You need to know the background of this passage of scripture. It really is in an unusual situation as David writes these words. You'll find the background in 1 Samuel chapter 21. David had been been abused and he had been handled rather roughly with by the Philistines. He escaped their captivity. And now he is in a cave hiding out. And in the midst of that, he begins to write this beautiful psalm, Psalms 34. And there as he writes, he begins to share with us there in uh, uh, in verse 8. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. It's not easy to trust when everything is going well. When circumstances seems to be beautiful and fine and okay. But I find it interesting of the number of times that the Bible talks about us to trust in the Lord. Look at these two several verses of Scripture just for a moment. Psalms 56, verse 3. He says, whenever I'm afraid, I will trust you. Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust you. And then, of course, Psalm 62, verse 8. Listen to what it says. Trust in Him. Part of the time. (laughs) No. At all times, the Bible says. You people, pour out your heart before Him. God is our refuge for us. Oh, how thankful that I am knowing that God is my refuge. And then, of course, Psalms 91, verse 2. Look at this verse of Scripture. I will say of the Lord... He is my refuge and my fortress and my God and Him I will trust. In Him I will trust. And then of course verse 8 that we have just read. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. Well, let's stop and think about that just for a few moments. What kind of man that trusts the Lord? There's three things I want to share with you this morning as I think about a man who trusts the Lord. First of all, you'll notice in verses 1, 2, and 3 of the reaction of a man who trusts the Lord. Listen to what he says there in verses 1, 2, and 3. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. 
The very first response. Now think about it. David, David is a man that is running for his life. He had been held in captivity by the Philistines, been abused and beaten, and they are seeking to kill him. And yet David, there in that cave... He says, I will bless the Lord at all times, not just good times, but all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My Lord shall make it boast in the Lord. My soul shall make it boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. What a reaction. What a reaction that David has here. He has literally turned his cave into a cathedral. He has taken the circumstances of life and turned it into praise. It's amazing that as you began to look at your circumstances and you began to focus upon the Lord and to begin to focus upon His refuge and His help of how it will turn into praise. Well, let's think about it for a few moments. As you think about his reaction, first of all, you'll notice there in verse 1, it was an unconditional praise. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. The word bless is a root word means to kneel. (laughs) I can almost picture David there in that cave. And he is kneeling before the Lord Almighty. And he says, Lord, I will bless you. I will praise you. I will magnify you. He is saying, Lord, I'm not a fair-weather Christian. I am a child of God, whether in good times or bad times. I'm going to praise you unconditionally. Then he not only said... That it was an unconditional praise, but it was an unceasing prayer. He said, at all times, at all times, he had purposed in his heart that he was going to continue to praise him, no matter what the situation may be. Think about it. He was a wanted man. He was a man that could possibly meet death at any moment. And yet, he's continuing to praise him. He did not allow circumstances to stop him. And my friend, how many times, how many times, when we're up on the mountain, we praise him, but when we're in the valleys, we moan and groan and complain. But David said, I want you to understand that I'm going to, con- going to praise Him unconditionally, unceasingly, and also, I want you to know, I, it's uncontained praise. Look what he says there in verses 1 and 2. He says, 
There in verse chapter 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And this notice what he says in verse 2. My soul shall make it boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. The humble. In other words, he says my praise is not only going to be by my actions, but by my mouth. Verbally. Did you realize that when you come together today in a setting as we're here today, that your praise could rub off on somebody else? Think about it. Standing beside someone, not allowing circumstances to hinder or hamper them, but they're praising the Lord that there's something about that it becomes contagious. That's why I like in our worship hour that we spend the first 30 minutes doing nothing but praising. I get an encouragement as I listen to you. I get an encouragement when I see you lifting your hands. I get an encouragement when I see the smile that's upon your face. I get an encouragement when I see your countenance. Oh, look at here. It was uncontained. (laughs) He turns the cave into a camp meeting. And just begins the worship of the Lord. I like what Charles Spurgeon said about this verse of Scripture. He says, if we continually roll this dainty morsel under our tongue, the bitterness of daily affliction would be swallowed up in joy. Boy, that's powerful. That is so powerful. So instead of dwelling upon our circumstances, my friend, we need to be focusing upon Him. Instead of worrying about tomorrow, we should be worshiping today. Ah, you've heard that little chorus that we sing as I remember coming up as a little child singing. It's amazing what praising will do. Amen? It's amazing. What praising will do. According to the old rabbi legend, they would say that David would hang his harp over his bed at night. And as the winds would begin to blow, there as it begins to blow upon that harp, it would begin to play tunes. And David would get up in the middle of the night and write words to those tunes. In fact, from the old legend, they said that many of the psalms of David came from that type of circumstances. All the winds of circumstances and adversity comes to us all. None of us are immune to heartache As we think about last week when we came together in a time of prayer and we think about the evil that is in our world, the the slaughter of people there in Las Vegas. Who can comprehend that? When we think about 
the terrible flooding there in Houston coming from those raging rains from the hurricane. Who can comprehend losing all your possessions at one time? And oh, if you're not careful, you'll get bogged down. And if you're not careful, you'll begin to focus upon the here and the now instead of focusing upon the hereafter. And oh, my friend, we need to remember that no matter what the circumstances are, God is on His throne and that all things are under His control. And He has a plan. He has a purpose for your life and for mine. Why shouldn't I praise Him? So you see quite well of how the psalmist reacted as he began to experience those circumstances. There was a well-known Christian singer. There in his elderly years, the doctor came to him. He had been sick. And he says that you have throat cancer. And we're going to have to remove your tongue. What was his response? He said, Doctor, before you remove my tongue, there's an old hymn by Isaac Watts I want to sing. Listen to this just for a moment. For the closing moments of that hour in his life, he said, I will praise my maker while I have breath. And when my voice is lost in death, praise shall employ my nobler power. My days of praise shall ne'er be past while life and thought and being last are immortality endure. Oh, praise His precious name. But what? Not only His reaction, but I want you to think about the recourse of David's words. Notice, you never hear Him saying, Why, Lord? You never hear Him saying, What am I going to do? Where am I going to turn to? What? in the world am I going to do? I can't help to remember of a story I've heard many, many years ago about a young woman who God had called her to go into the deep, dark jungles of Africa on a mission effort. All alone, leaving her family and her friends. And the night before she left, a friend came up to her and gave her an envelope. And she said, and this friend said to that young lady, if there's ever time in your life you don't know where to turn to, open this envelope. Years had passed 
And the young lady had grown old, but she had returned home. And she was giving her testimony one night to the church. And she held up that envelope. And she said, the night before I left, a friend said, here's this envelope. And if there's ever time of a need in your life, you open up the envelope. She said, I went through dark days. I went through desperate times. But I'm here to stand to tell you I never had to open the envelope because my God was with me and He supplied all my needs. Praise to be His precious name. What a reaction. What a response. And yet, look what David said. Go back to verses 4 and following. He said, first of all, the Lord hears him. In his time of need, he said, I cried to the Lord. Look what he says in verse 4. I sought the Lord and he heard me. Look what he says in verse 6. The poor man cried and the Lord heard him. Now notice very carefully that passage of Scripture. You'll notice the word Lord. It's all capital letters. That's very significant. That name Lord was very, very special to the Hebrew. They would only speak of that name at certain moments and certain times. They reserved it for special occasions. It literally means the omnipotent God. The omniscient God. The God who knows all and sees all. And the God who is all powerful. He is the eternal self-existing one. And that that God in the midst of my need He heard me. Oh, I'm so grateful for that. I can speak personally these last couple of months. There were moments that I got discouraged. And there was moments that I got afraid. But I can give testimony to you today that every single time I cried to the Lord, And he heard me. And he knew my pain. And he knew my anxiety. And he knew my discouragement. And oh, what great comfort that was. To know that he heard me. I'm so grateful to know that I don't have to have an appointment to meet with my God. I don't have to go through an assistant to go to be with my God. But that where I'm at, at the moment, at the hour of need, I cry to the Lord, and He hears me. Oh, bless His precious name. Why wouldn't you want to trust Him? But He said He's not only heard Him, but He goes on and He begins to say He helps Him. 
You notice in verse 4, he sought the Lord. He heard Him. And he says, and he delivered me from all of my fears. Says that he saved him out of his troubles. Not only that the Lord heard me, but that he helped me. I was reading the story of the great martyrs of the faith. June the 22nd, 1535, there was a martyr by the name of John Fisher. John Fisher was beheaded at the Tower Hill there in London. And they said that as he had been beaten and bruised, almost unrecognizable, that there he goes to the chopping block of knowing good and well that his head was going to be chopped off because of his faith in the Lord. And they tell us that right before they took that axe, And there they coming down upon that little scrawny neck. They tell us that John Fisher nailed. And he quoted Psalms 31 verse 1. And these are the words. In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. In you I trust. My, what a reaction, what a response to be able to trust the Lord. And they said they placed his neck upon the chopping block and there as that axe came down, there was a smile of glory on his face. I believe there was great rewards waiting for him. In the kingdom. Simply because he was a man who learned how to trust the Lord. It's what David did. So we've talked about for a few moments the recourse. What about the rewards? Oh, the reward of a man who trusts the Lord. Look what the Bible says there in verse 8. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. Right beside that verse, I have jotted down another verse of Scripture, and that is Psalms 37, verse 3. Listen to what it says. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on His faithfulness. Glory to the Lord. Verse 8 is an invitation for you to trust the Lord. And David does that with great assuring to know that God will not fail you. He says, oh, taste and see the Lord is good. 
See that the Lord. You've heard the little statement, the proof is in the pudding. Well, that's exactly right. The proof is in the pudding. If you really want to know what it's like, trust Him. And it's amazing what will take place. David says several things. First of all, he says there will be a complete life. You go back and you look at verses 9 and 10 where he says, Oh, fear the Lord, you His, His saints. There is no want to those who fear Him. The young lion lacks and suffers hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. And then we all know the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd and what? I shall not want. We live in a world of want, do we not? It seems like that nobody can ever have enough. But oh, my friend, when you come to know the Lord and you trust Him, there comes a sense of completeness. A completeness of life. But not only a completeness of life, but a contented life. Listen to what the Bible says in verse 8. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. That word blessed means intensively happy in the Lord. That you're overwhelmed with joy. In the Metropolitan Museum of New York, there's a statue, and underneath that statue, there is words that are engraved concerning Edgar Allan Poe. And these are the words that's under that statue. He was great in genius, unhappy in life, wretched in death, but in fame he's immortal. What a tragedy. Great in genius, fame and immortal, but unhappy. In life. How many people today that are living a life that is unhappy? How many people today are living a life that feels anything but contentment? They worry, they wonder, and go about life. As if it has no meaning. Just a few moments. We're going to sing a hymn. For an invitation. This is a hymn that I grew up on. I remember as a little boy. Our church used to sing that hymn. But oh what a message. Trust. And obey. For there is no other way. To be happy. In Jesus. But to trust. And obey. Let me ask you today. Have you learned to trust him? Are you living a life that is 
a life of contentment. A life that is complete. Or are you experiencing worry and fret because of the circumstances that you live in today? Well, David says, all calm. The proof is in the pudding. Taste the Lord. And He will hear you. He will help you in your time of need. Oh, Lord Jesus. Thank you that we can put our trust in you. Thank you that you will never fail us. Thank you that you are our refuge, our rock, our God that who is a mighty fortress. Lord, there's some people here today that have come here thinking that possibly there might be a word of hope because they're at their wit's end. Oh, Lord, may the Holy Spirit speak to their hearts and encourage them to accept the invitation to place their trust in You. Whether it's by salvation, security, whether it is by circumstances, but in the midst of that, they can tell you, they can trust you and to know that you will not fail them. Speak in a powerful way. Move in the midst of your people is our prayer today. As you look up here, possibly you're here today. You've never come to an understanding of what it means to trust the Lord with all your heart and with all your mind and all your soul. Jesus made a way in order for you able to do that today. He did it upon a cross. He went there to die for your sins. To forgive you and cleanse you from all of your sins. Past, present, and future. And if you'll put your trust in Him, He'll make you a new creature. Or to put old things away and bring about new things in your life that will bring about happiness and joy. I urge you today to trust Him. You as a believer today, you've done that, but all your faith has grown weary. But today, maybe through the Word of God and through the songs and the message, God spoke to your heart to trust Him in the midst of the hour you live in. 
Maybe you're here today. God's called you to be a part of a fellowship of a church that believes in the Bible, stands on its word, preaches it, and teaches it. Why don't you come and unite with that church today? I invite you to do that.